here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5, let's go into verse number 17 through verse number 20. And then we're going to get into the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Wherefore, be not unwise. We'll read not the King James Version. Be not unwise, but understanding what the word of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That's why we talked about that. That's one of the things that God's will for your life is so you will be filled with the Spirit. When you're born again, you're born of the Spirit, the Spirit comes inside of you and lives. That's how you know you're filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then it says, giving thanks. And that's where you are. Giving thanks is praise and prayer. It's an awesome thing. You can give praise, you can praise God, thank God, and you can also pray. And that's also thanksgiving, giving thanks for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, okay? So that is what we're going to talk about. Now, that's our series. Our series is uh, dealing with understanding God's vision, understanding God's vision. That word there, understanding what the will of the Lord is, the will of the Lord is the New Testament. The will of the Lord is God's vision that he gave the Apostle Paul. Let's show you just, just that, and we're going to move on. Let's go back to Acts chapter 26, and then we're going to pray. This is what God gave Paul. This is why it is called the will of the Lord. God showed Paul his will. All right, Acts 22 and verse 14. Acts 22 and 14. We read not the King James Version. This is God's will. The new covenant is God's will. God wants us to understand what the will of the Lord is. All right, God has given his will to the Apostle Paul, Acts chapter 22 and verse 14, as we want to put on the screen, Acts 22 and verse number 14. And he says, the God of our Father has chosen you. This is God's will that God gave the Apostle Paul. The God of our Father has chosen you that thou should know his will. See right there? The God of our Father has chosen you that thou should know his will. Number two, see that just one and that thou shalt hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness, Paul, unto all men what thou hast seen and heard. So God gave his will to the apostle Paul. Now, God wants us to understand it. So that's why Paul said understanding what the will of the Lord is. God's will is his vision. That's why he was saying we are naming our series Understanding God's Vision, volume number two, part one, and part two today. Understanding God's vision. Let's pray. Now, we're going to talk about today, as we're going to get into it after prayer, we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul prayed for the church. That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, we're going to pray. Okay, and I'll meet you in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. The Apostle Paul prayed for the church. Uh, Father, we thank you now for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. And our prayer is for the church. Our prayer is for the body of Christ. Our prayer for those who are not saved to be saved. But we also pray for those who are believers and have the Holy Spirit, that now they would understand uh, God's wisdom understand God's will. Now, we give you all the praise now and all the glory for that. Thank you for your divine protection. Thank you for your divine grace, your divine provision for the people, for your people. We pray in Jesus' holy name, and the church says amen. All right, now, remember, we are starting something today. We want to make sure you understand how you get things done. That's why we want to make sure we understand in the church, as the pastor, in the church, as the body of Christ, how do we get things done in the church? It's what we want to be able to see today. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the scripture that I gave you for, for Paul. Let's go to Ephesians first, uh, chapter number six. Now, watch what the apostle Paul is going to say to the church. Now, everything 
by prayer. Remember, that is, our, that is our word, everything by prayer. But let's go to Ephesians chapter number 6, show you how the church operates. Most people don't know how the church operates. Uh, like I said, there are people who will say, well, I, you know, I don't want to be an usher. I don't want to be a greeter. I don't want to be in the choir. I can't sing. You can pray. You can pray. You can, you can talk to the Lord a, a, about what you're seeing. See, a lot of times we see things, but we don't know how to handle it. That's why you have to know in the church there's what you call the burden and there's what you call the vision. All right? Now, the pastor has the vision, but people see things that need to be done in the church. That is called the burden. See, when you are burdened with something in a church, you don't have the vision for it, but you got the burden for it. Now, you have to understand, both of these work together. That's why you have to understand prayer. See, the person with the vision, he has what to do. I mean, he knows how to do. The person with the vision is the how to do. Now, the person with the burden, he knows what to do. See, he'll tell you, I know what you should do, but he don't know how to do it. You see, so when God gives the pastor a vision, he gives the pastor how to do it. People in the church may know what needs to be done, but you got to understand the pastor is the only one that know how to do it. So how are we going to get it done? Do we say the person with the vision is not important? No, we can't say that. Can we say the person with the, with the vision or the burden was not important? No, we can't say that. Both are important. A person is burdened, he needs to pray. A person that has a vision, he needs to pray. So my prayer as the pastor is so the person with the burden would understand. See, understand what? Understand my vision. So the person with the, with the, with the vision got to, got to pray for the person with the burden. The person with the burden got to pray for the person who has the vision. I, I believe you got all that. You know, because that's how a church operates. All right? Both persons have to pray. That's why last week, you'll get last week, it's already on podcast, part one and part two last week, which is part five and part six on volume one. Last week, I talked about uh, how the church prayed for the Apostle Paul. This week, I'm going to talk about the Apostle Paul prayed for the church. See, remember, we're talking about prayer now. We're talking about understanding what the will of the Lord is. How does God's will operate? Understand how God will operate. That's what we got to do. Everybody in the church is important. There are people in the church who's supposed to take care of God's finances. Why? Because God gives them the money. So you have to understand how you know what you're supposed to do. God gave you the gift. So you say, well, Pastor, I don't have no money. Well, God's not counting on you to take care of the church. See? But there are people who God blesses to take care of the church. There are, there are people that God blesses to be able to sing in the church. There are people that God blesses in the church to, to do greeting, to do ushering, to do choir. Everybody is given something in the body to take care of the body. But all of us should pray. The pastor should pray, but there ought to be some people in the church that God has given gifts of the Spirit. And when, when God gave you the gift to pray in the Spirit, then you're supposed to be praying in the Spirit. You're supposed to be praying with understanding, learning the word of God. You can't pray with understanding if you don't know the word. So that's why I'm here. All right, so let's get busy. Let's get into this word. Uh, so I want to go into uh, Ephesians. Let's do Ephesians first. Now, what I'm doing now, I'm catching up from last week. Because what I want to show you last week is the church prayed for the Apostle Paul. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. And verse 19 and 20. I'm going to give you two verses. All right. Remember, he says, and for me, Paul says, that utterance. Now, I gave you some words for utterance. That word utterance is vision, wisdom, revelation. Okay? 
So that's what utterance. So Paul is saying to the church, pray for me that understanding may be given unto me. That's, that's another word, understanding. Revelation, wisdom, vision may be given to me. See? That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So when you have a pastor that don't know the gospel of Christ, don't know what he's supposed to be preaching, you got to pray for him. It's your responsibility to pray for him. Lord, open my pastor's eyes. We're going to give you the scripture for that in a moment in Ephesians chapter 1. So you got to pray for your pastor that God will show him what he's supposed to be preaching. He doesn't know. A lot of, a lot of pastors don't know. We got what we got from the pastor before us or from somebody else in our denomination or, you know, all this other kind of stuff. But if you're going to get what Pastor Crump got, which is the gospel of Christ, somebody got to be praying for you. I got some people out there right now, door faith, I know they're praying for me. I got a man, uh, I'm, a, I, I, I'm going to call this name the other day, uh, he's from Jamaica. Every time I see him, he tells me, Valentine, I go and tell you his name. He said, Pastor, I pray for you. See, Valentine Robinson. See, he, he, I'm calling his name out because that man, every time I see him, he'll say to me, oh yeah, oh yeah, I pray for you. See, I got some people out there that prays for pastor. See, I, I know when Paul say, let me, let me show you what Paul says. Let me read Ephesians 6, 19 and 20 first, and then I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. I'm going to tell you where I'm going. All right, look at Ephesians chapter 6. He said, and for me that utterance may be given to me. Remember, I gave you four words for utterance. I gave you the word wisdom. I gave you the word vision. I gave you the word revelation. And we want to put down the word understanding. So these words is what you got to have. See, understanding may be given unto me. To make known the mystery of the gospel. Well, I can't make known the mystery of the gospel for 10 to 15 years of my ministry. I taught the gospel of the kingdom for salvation. And like I told you before, the reason why is because I was taught the gospel of the kingdom from somebody else. And I thought I was right. And there are people today teaching the gospel of the kingdom, which is the word of faith doctrine, and it's not the gospel of Christ. My job is to tell you because I know. I'm not putting down anybody. The word of faith doctrine is not the gospel of Christ. It's not the, gospel, it's not the revelation of the mystery. It's not the gospel of Christ. Because under the word of faith teaching, it tells you Romans 10, 9 and 10, Thou shalt be saved, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart man believe on the righteousness, with the mouth confession, the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It tells you shall be saved. That's the gospel of the kingdom. Under the gospel of Christ, by grace, you are saved. Through faith, not of yourself, watch this, it's the gift of God. Ephesians chapter 2 you can read that first 10 verses there. It's going to tell you twice, by grace you are saved. So it took us some time to understand that difference because we thought we were right. So my job is to tell you, once I found out I was wrong, I came to this church, I changed it, and now I'm preaching the gospel of Christ. It's you're saved by the cross. That's why we put the cross here every week. You are saved by the cross. Jesus came here and saved you, and it's a free gift from God. All right, now, watch what it says, Ephesians 6, 19 and 20. So Paul says, for which I'm an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So he said, pray for me that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Well, to be able to, to, be able to speak boldly, the word boldly means you know what you're talking about. You can't boldly speak about the word if you don't know what you're talking about. All right, so after 40 years of ministry, I can now boldly speak about the word because now I know what I'm talking about. But there was a time I was wrong. 
and I had to come and confess I was wrong. All right, now let's show you Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we won't look at verse 9 and 10, just two verses. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10. Now watch what Paul says, that you can understand this when you understand prayer. I am the least of the apostles, that I am the least of the apostles, that not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Remember he said, I persecuted the church of God. Remember, not the body of Christ, but the church of God. The church of God was dominant Jews, okay? The church of God apostles was Peter, James, and John, and Jude. They were the church of God apostles. Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. Okay, now watch what Paul says in verse 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, why would he say that? Otherwise, people are praying for me. It's how I am who I am. See, he already said to them to pray for him. Ephesians 6, 19 and 20, I just showed it to you. Pray for me, that utterance may be given to me. Now, wisdom has been given to him. Utterance has been given to him. Understanding has been given to him. Now he is telling you, vision has been given to him. Now he's saying, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Otherwise, because other people help make me who I am. That's what it means, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And watch what it says. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. See, all these people praying for me, was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which is with me. So he's telling you because God gave me the grace. See, the people that's praying for you is, is the praying that God will make sure you will have the grace you need to do what you have to do in ministry. That's why the people must pray for their leader. So we are talking about today, the Apostle Paul prayed for the church, but I'm closing out. The church prayed for the Apostle Paul. So let's go and show you this quickly, okay? Now let's go and show you 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Just going to show you. This is going to be, going to take about 10 minutes, but I need to show you this. Uh, second, I didn't get a chance to get into this last week, but I need to do it on this tape. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. We're showing you the closing out of the church prayed for the Apostle Paul, first pray for me that utterance may be given to me. We want to see what did this happen. See, we showed you the prayer, but now we're going to show you did this happen. All right, now let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3, uh, verse 1. Verse 1 says, finally, brethren, pray for us. Now here's Paul saying to the church at Thessalonica, pray for us. Pray for what, what Paul? that the word of the Lord may have free course. So pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. See, he's going to say in, in his teaching, the word of God not bound. He want to make sure the word of God get to where it need to get to and the people it need to get to. And to do this, you got to get through some people who are trying to stop the word of God. See, there are some people who don't want the word of God preached. So he's saying, Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you and be accepted. And then it says, and that we may be delivered. See, all this is pray, pray for us that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. How was the Apostle Paul delivered? Why did not, why God did not let Paul go to Asia sent him first to Macedonia because he needed somebody praying for him. What? After he went to Philippians, or Philadelphia, or Philippi, he, he found some people there. There are some people that he's going to find that's going to be supporters of his ministry, spiritually and physically. So you got to understand, a lot of people is not able to do a lot of things because you don't have spiritual backing yet. Yeah, a whole lot of folks want to jump out there and go do something for God, but you don't have the spiritual backing. 
You got to have people praying for you, people financially supporting you. All those things got to be in place. Natural support, physical support, spiritual support. You got to have all of that. All right, now watch Paul says. Finally, my brother, in verse 1, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. So Paul is saying to the church, pray for us. I mean, there are people out there who, who want us dead, who are trying to stop what we are trying to do. Pray for us. Let's go, let's go look at this now. Let's go to Colossians chapter 4. We're in Thessalonians. Let's back up Colossians chapter 4. I hope you're enjoying the word. I'm showing you, closing out, the church prayed for the Apostle Paul. Then I'm going to, I'm starting today, the, the Apostle Paul prayed for the church. But, but let me show you this here. Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 2 through 4. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2 through verse number 4. Now watch what he says. Continue in prayer. He's talking to the church at Carlos. Remember, I just left Thessalonica. He told the church at Thessalonica to pray for him. Now he's telling the church at Carlos, continue instant in, continue in prayer, which watch, watch in the same with thanksgiving. Prayer and thanksgiving. Then he said, with all, praying also for us. Paul is telling the church, at Carlos, pray for. Then he's gonna tell him here what he needs to pray for. That God would open to us a door of utterance. Remember that word utterance I just gave you in Ephesians 6, 19 and 20? Pray for us that utterance may be given unto us, that we may open our mouth boldly, that we ought to speak. Pray that wisdom be given us, understanding be given us, pray to us that that we can know the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord can have free course. Here he's saying, praying for us, that God would open to us a door of utterance where we can minister the word of God to speak the mystery of Christ. Remember, he's not preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He preached the gospel of the kingdom to the Jewish believer. He is preaching to the Gentile the mystery of Christ for which I am an ambassador in bonds, or I'm in chains. And then he said in verse 4, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. You got to understand, there's a manifestation of the word, and then there's a revelation of the word. So you have to understand, when he talks about manifestation, See, there's a manifest, let, 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 me, let me take you to that. I'll come right back. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. You got to understand, there's a manifestation of the Spirit, and then there's a revelation of the Spirit. So you have to understand, when the Word of God is revealed to the Apostle Paul, that's the revelation of the mystery. But when you can see signs, wonders, and miracles, that is a manifestation. So, when somebody got healed in Paul's ministry, because you're going to see in the book of Acts where Paul was preaching, and he, 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 the Bible said, a long time. And then a guy fell asleep in the back and then fell out the back and then killed himself. And Paul went down on him and laid on him and prayed on him, and God gave him his spirit back, raised him from the dead. See, that's what he's talking about. There are signs and wonders was given to the Gentile. That's manifestation. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, but the manifestation of the Spirit. See, there's a revelation of the Spirit, and then there's a manifestation of the Spirit. Two different things. Revelation is a word of God that Paul said, pray for me that God will reveal his word to me. Here, He's saying, also, I want to see a manifestation of the Spirit. Manifestation of the Spirit means he wants to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Watch what it says. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. To one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom, here it is. The word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healings 
by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles. See, this is the manifestation of the Spirit. To another prophecy, to another design of the spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these workers that one and the self-same spirit, dividing severally, every man severally as he will. So Paul said, pray for me, that God would allow the manifestation of the spirit to operate in my life. So that's what you're supposed to pray for your pastor. See, pray for your church leaders. Pray for those in authority in the church that God would allow these things to happen. So when people come into the church, they come into the church sick, they come into their pastor. I, I, I just heard that one of my brothers I've been praying for, I've been praying for a couple of brothers, we're in prayer for several people, but, but this brother here, uh, I, I'm so gracious, I'm so gracious for him, I'm going to call his name. His name is Gene Gooden. See, Brother Gene Gooden went through some things in his body. And I just happened to, my wife showed it to me on Facebook, that he's in Washington, D.C. Praise the Lord. You know, I'm just so grateful to what the Lord has done. I'm praying for my brother Robert, Brother Robert Crump at home, doing better, doing better. But we got to keep praying. We love you, brother. We love you. We love you, brothers. See, we are praying. We, we, we got, like I said, Valentine Robinson, who, who's at home, not able to go places. You know, I, I know that touches his life. He's he been through something in his body. We got, we got a sister that goes to this church uh, that, that, have to, that have to take... Uh, dialysis. You have to take dialysis. And see, the key is, you know, it's an awesome thing. See, some of you be like, I don't know why we don't, can we just come on back to church? Listen, I would love for you to come back to church, but we got to protect people. You understand? We got to protect the people. See, some people do not care about you. I love you. I care about you. I, I don't want you to come in here and get a COVID virus or disease, and then die, come on. Your pastor loves you. The day will come when we'll be able to come in here, believe me, because we know how to pray, and now we know what to pray for. So we got to understand that that's why we got to pray. We don't, we don't want to just, we, we, we want to make sure we work with God. We don't want to go and do something against God. I mean, that was a day in Egypt. We got an old covenant, the day in Egypt, when the, in, in the days of Moses, when God worked plagues and Israel was not to go into that zone in the Egypt while those plagues was going on. But God finished the plague, and after that, there was tremendous deliverance. See, God was delivering his people out of the hand of a wicked king. See, you don't know what God's doing. Pray. See, it won't be long. Deliverance is coming. Like I told you last two weeks ago. God is delivering his people. And a lot of times God will use plagues. God has shut down. God shut down Egypt until they let God's people go. I'm telling you, we saw this in the days of Abraham when they took Abraham's wife and God plagued the king until he let Abraham's wife go and all of his people with him and then blessed him as they went out the door. So you got to understand, God... God up to some stuff. That's all. I'm, that's why he said to me, pray. That's why I'm telling the church, you pray. Be patient. Wait on the Lord. God know what he's doing. You don't have to question God. Your job is to make sure you learn something during this time. Make sure you stay safe. 
Make sure you stay saved. Make sure you are saved. Make sure you have the Holy Spirit. Make sure you're walking in faith and walking in love. See, take a moment, examine yourself. Just shut it all down. And making sure your soul is right with God. All right, let's move on. Now, so in, in 1 Corinthians, you saw Paul say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I showed you the manifestation of the Spirit. But, yeah. Uh, now, now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Because I want to show you, because I want to get into my message, but I want to show you they prayed that doors would be open. Let's see that the door, was the door open. For those who are scholars, want to know where did the man fall, you can read the book of Acts chapter 20 and verse 9 and you'll be able to get that. We're not going to be able to go back there. All right, you'll see he fell out the, off the back and then killed himself and Paul went down and laid hands on him and God raised him from the dead. All right, but let's move on. That was Acts chapter 20 and verse 9, okay? But we are going to, we're not going there. We're going to 1 Corinthians 16, 9. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, I want to see and show you that God did answer the prayers of, uh, of the people. Remember, the people prayed. The, the church at Ephesus, he asked. Uh, the church at Colossus, he asked to pray. The church at Thessalonica, he asked to pray. Now let's go back here and see, did God answer the question? 1 Corinthians chapter number Answer the prayer, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. Now, in verse number 7 and 8, Paul says, verse 7 says, I will not see you now, I will, I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. Verse 8 said, but I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. Now he says, a great door, a great door and effectual is open unto me. Wait a minute. He asked the church to pray that a door utterance may be open unto me, that I may open my mouth bold as I ought to speak. Now he tells them a great door and effectual is open unto me. Watch this. And there are many adversaries. So he's reminding them there are many people against me. Let, let me just show you one of them. Let's look at Acts chapter 19, verse 9. A great door and effectual is open unto me, but there are many adversaries. Let's show you that in, in, back in Acts 18. Uh, Acts 19 and 9, I'm sorry. Let's go back to Acts chapter 19. So you got to understand, you, that's why you got to have people praying. Acts chapter 19 uh, and verse number 8. Let's start with verse 8 there. Acts number 19, verse 8. Watch this. Paul says, he went into the synagogue and spake boldly. Now, he's in Ephesus now. He went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing, persuading the thing concerning, watch this, the kingdom of God. So you know he was talking to Jews. That's what you got to understand. If you want to be a good student out there, that's how you do that. Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom to the Jewish believer. All right, but he preached the gospel of Christ or the mystery of Christ to the Gentile. So he persuaded the thing concerning the kingdom of God. Remember, that was preached to the Jews. Now he said, but when divers were hardened, their heart was hardened. They believed not, but they spake evil of that way. Talking about the gospel of Christ or the gospel of the kingdom of this matter. Before mother, before mother too, he departed from this and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of Tyrannus. Now, here he is, and the Bible says in verse 10, and this continued by the space of two years. <laughs> Glory to God. Paul preaching the gospel of the kingdom of these people for two years, so that all they that dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, Jews, Gentiles, and Greeks. I'm, I'm sorry, of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So here he is preaching to these people uh, before the coming of the Lord, but they were many adversaries. They were against him. All right, but let's, but, but, but let's show you another one. 2 Corinthians 2.12. So he shows you in 1 Corinthians. Let's go back and look at 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and let's look at verse number 12. 
He just told him in verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, we are not ignorant of his devices. And then in verse number 12, it said, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me of the Lord. Now remember, he preached Christ's gospel, or the gospel that Christ preached. So you have to understand what it means when it said Christ's gospel. He preached Christ's gospel, or the gospel that Christ preached. Well, what did Christ preach? He preached the gospel of the kingdom. So that's why you have to understand that. All right, now, watch what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12. I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went from this to Macedonia. Now that's after that he went to Macedonia. But watch what it says in verse 12. I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, the gospel that Christ preached. A door was opened unto me of the Lord. A door was opened to preach the gospel. Isn't that something? And that's what, you got, that's what you got to understand. That's why we read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, that a door was open. All right? But let's show you something else. Let's go to Acts 14, 27. Now, if you're in this ministry, you know what this, this verse means. Acts chapter 14 and verse 27. Because this church ministry is founded on Acts 14, 27. That's why we have to understand it takes prayer to open doors. Come on, I want you to make sure you shout it out out there. It takes prayer to open doors. In ministry, if you're going to have doors open in ministries, you've got to pray. You want to get people saved? got to pray. See, God has already given us the word. The Bible said, blessed be the Lord God. Blessed be the God uh, has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heaven, heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God has already given us all things in Christ. God has given us the apostle Paul so we can have him in the word. God has already finished the thing. God has already given us to him in the word. But you've got to get it to the people so they can understand it. How is that going to happen? It's going to happen by prayer. You know, I gave an illustration this morning in my early class this morning how there are things that you see, for example, like a car. All right? God has shown the people how to make the car. There the car is. All right? Now, he's already got the car in production. But how are you going to get the car to the people? Somebody got to have some money. So in a church, God already gave us, blessed be the Lord God, who's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven and places in Christ. He's already blessed us. He's already given it to the Apostle Paul. You got it in writing. But how is it going to get to the people? God have to give you a man of God, a woman of God, with the revelation of God's word, who understand God's word, to minister God's word and pray, for the people, minister to the people, pray for the people so they will understand. That's what we got to do. That's why you have to pray. That's why I have to pray. I got to minister to you the word of God, but I got to pray for you. Your responsibility is to minister, minister to one another and pray for me and pray for one another. See, you, you can look at somebody else and, and you talking about the word of God and then somebody else over in, in, into a nut, wrong book. You, you beside them, show them what that is. Help them out. And then pray for them that they understand the word. See, that's, that's why I, I keep saying, you know, before this pandemic came, you know, we would come to church at 9 o'clock. We felt like, and I know a lot of churches do this, you know, people go to church at 9 o'clock, not just us. They come to 9 o'clock service and they go back home. We're already done. I've been to 9 o'clock service. You know, it's just like, and then we, we, go, we go goof off the rest of the day doing nothing. When we could have just stayed at the church, came back in the church, and heard the second service. I'm on at 9 o'clock in the morning. 
and 11 o'clock in the morning. Some people hear 9 o'clock, they feel like, well, I already, already got 9 o'clock. That, that's what you do when the church is over. You need to break that cycle in your life. I'm not going to talk about the same thing. 11 o'clock, I talk about at 9. I'm going to connect information. There's a whole lot of stuff I'm going to talk about at 11 o'clock that you're going to miss. So you got to change the way you're receiving the Word of God. You, got, you ask God to teach you, you got to get the Word. You need to spend more time in the Word. Now, I'm prepared to minister two services when I come out here at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. Matter of fact, I'm prepared to minister two services when I come to church on Sunday morning. But you got to get prepared to receive it. You only have to go from one room to the other and watch the big television and still sit down and eat your breakfast while you watch the second service. It's not hard. But you got to change. You got to change. You got to, one service is not going to be enough for you. Listen to me real good. There was a time you could get by on one service. One service is not going to be enough for you. You're going to have to spend more time in the Word of God to get to where you want to get in life. You need more word. You ask the Holy Ghost to reveal more to you, you got to spend more time in the word. All right, now let's go to work. Now we had Acts 14, 27. Here we go. And when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God, watch this, had done. That's why we teach you the gospel of Christ or the gospel of grace. Grace is what God had already done. Now, we live in a day where people are telling you, have you heard the prophetic? Now, you listen to me real good. Listen to me real good. I'm not here to put you down. I'm here to help you. You are in the new covenant. You are not under the ministry of the prophetic. But that's what people are trying to give you. They want to give you something out of their own hearts to show you how awesome they are. Listen, the word is already in the book. I don't need nobody to tell me, let me tell you what the Lord is saying to me. Let me tell you. Listen, if God's saying that to you, write it down and show the people in the, in the, in the scripture what he said to you. Not, not just, I hear the Lord saying to me, I hear the Lord. Wait a minute, I, I, heard, I hear the Lord saying. See, that's what people want. You need to not base your salvation on, I hear the Lord saying. Listen, God gave his will to the apostle Paul. Don't be deceived. Acts 14, 27, and when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, past tense, and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles, and they abode there a long time with the disciples. Look at Acts 15 and verse 4. Acts 15 and verse 4, and when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, they declared all things that God had done with them. Already had done. The Bible is what God already have done. And let's go to verse number 12. Acts 15 and verse 12. One more. Then all the multitude kept silent and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. That's what the Bible is about. It's what God already did. Well, see, people want to... Are you getting a prophetic, a noun word? That's what people are today. They flock in the churches where somebody can tell you what they hear the Lord saying. Hallelujah. Not what the Bible says. Don't forget, this is your salvation. This is salvation for your life. Based on what man say, or you're going to based on what the word of God says. All right, now let's get into the, today's message. Paul prayed for the church of God. That's where we at. Let's go to Romans. Uh, uh, matter of fact, I need to go back into what I'm teaching on this morning. Ephesians, that's what I want to go. Ephesians chapter number uh, 1, verse 15. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. That's where we're going to start at. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 15. We're going to spend the next 15 minutes uh, in Ephesians. We got about three different stops in Ephesians we want to do. Ephesians chapter 1. When you get this, just say amen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 15. Now remember, Paul, the apostle Paul is praying for the church. Wherefore, watch what Paul says, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, after I heard your love to all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you. Watch what he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, you ought to know how to make mention of somebody in your prayers because, like I said, when you're praying, you can always call people's names out while you're praying. Like I told you this morning, I've been praying for Brother Gene Gooden. I'm, I called his name out in prayers, see? And then I said, Lord, I'm, I'm also want, want to include Brother Robert Crump in that prayer. I'm praying for, for healing. I'm praying for deliverance. And I also want to pray for Valentine Robinson. I'm praying for him. See, I want to include him in this prayer. See, I got people. I got a, I got a woman that I'm praying for a burden uh, 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 in, in the hospital. See, we've been praying for her for, the, for a month or more. Been praying for her. We're not going to stop praying. We're not going to stop praying. I mean, if the Lord, Lord decides to take somebody, it would not be because we're not praying. See, we're praying for Eva Brown's mother. We're praying for the, the mothers of this church, mother love. We're praying for different mothers of this church that, that, that go through different things. We, we're praying for Mother Hawkins that had knee surgery. See, there are a lot of different people don't know. We are praying for you. You're going through different things. Hey, when God bring your name out, we're going to pray for you. We're praying for different people in this ministry. So when you're going through something, we're praying for Mother Norfolk in this ministry. See, we're not just going to not pray for you. When God bring you up to us, we're going to pray for you. And that's your responsibility is to pray for your pastor and your leaders. But we're praying for you here. Praying for Brother Eugene Ball, Minister Eugene Ball. Praying for you. Praying for my people who, who work with me in this ministry. Brother Otis Newkirk had a birthday yesterday. Praying for you, brother. See, we are praying for people in this ministry. People going through things. My, my sister, Sister Bowie, praying for you. I'm praying for my younger brother. Lee Patrick, praying for you. See, people can go through all kinds of different stuff, but I'm going to still keep praying for you. My job is to pray for you. See, I'm not here to judge you or criticize you. My responsibility is to pray for you. See, I can go on and on and on and on. We got to pray for one another, church. Pray for one another. All right, now let's go. Ephesians chapter number one here and verse 15, what Paul says, Wherefore, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love to all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Wait a minute, isn't this something? Paul is praying for the church, that God will give the church the spirit of wisdom and, and the revelation and the knowledge of him. Well, what happened if Paul didn't pray that for the church? The church wouldn't have it. See, that's why I got to pray for the church, because if I don't pray for the church, the church won't know the word. That's why I keep saying you need to stay with me. I need you to be with me for 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. If I can study and come in here and minister this word at 9 o'clock and then minister again at 11 o'clock service, you can at least sit there on the side of the bed and watch the flat screen TV while you drink your Kool-Aid and eat your fried chicken. You can at least do that while you sit in your pajamas. Don't I even have to leave out the house. So you got to get the word now. That's what you got to understand. God shut down the whole place so you can get the word and you only get one service and you go do something else. So you got to change. 
You've got to change. You've got to get the word now. So Paul says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of God, may give you, may give you, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, the eye of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. So he prayed that God would give you this that you may know. God got something you want to know. There's four things he wants you to know. Number one, what's the hope of his calling? Now we got all this stuff on podcasts. Everything I'm giving you right now is on podcast. What's the hope of his calling? It's all on podcast. What's the riches of the glory of this mystery? What's the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint? It's all on podcast. What is the exceeding greatness of his power? All on podcast. To us, but who believe? According to the work of his mighty power. He's talking about what he raised, what he, what he done in Christ. He's talking about what he done in Christ when he raised Christ from the dead. So he's talking about what happened back here. What did he do in Christ when he raised him from the dead? That's why Romans 4.25, we were raised, he was raised for our justification. When you preach Christ, you realize you're not saved by your confession. You didn't get, get sin forgiven because your confession, your sin was forgiven when God raised Jesus from the dead. Let me just show you just that. Let me just show you just, look, look at that. Romans 4, Romans 4, 25. And then I'm going to come back to 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to show you two scriptures. See, people are telling you that you're saved by your confession and your belief. Listen, church, you missed it. Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. Just one verse. Who was raised, I'm sorry, who was delivered, Christ was delivered for our offenses. Now, can you put that in the NLT for me? Just that one verse. Just that one verse. Just that one verse. So when you hear this, it'll be like, oh my God. I'm, I'm on the way. First Corinthians chapter number I'm sorry, Romans 4, 25, but we're going to read that out of the NLT. I just want you to, I want you to, want you to hear that, because I used to believe that. I used to believe that uh, you say about my confession, and listen, and belief in your heart. I thought, uh, I, well, watch what the Word of God says. Romans 4, 25, he was handed over to die because of our sins. And just think about it. People are telling you about Churches are flooded. You got to take communion to get rid of sins. Got to go on Saturday and confess your sin. Got to go Sunday and take the communion. Listen, do you hear what the word says? You've been deceived. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. If he was raised to life to make us right with God, then why do I need to confess to be right with God and believe in my heart to be right with God? You missed it. You were preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of Christ is everything Christ did to save your soul. Let me show you one more. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. We're going to do this out of the King James Version. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's look at verse 14 through 17. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14 through 17. See, people are telling you that you can get baptized in water in Jesus' name. Get rid of your sin. Listen, church, Christ died for our sins. Sin was paid for by the sacrifice of God's Son. 1 Corinthians 15. Watch this. If Christ be not raised, then our preaching is vain and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we have found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that God raised Christ from the dead, whom he raised not up. If it, <coughs> I'm sorry. If it be so that Christ raised not. For if, 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 if the dead rise not, then is not Christ dead. But watch verse 17. Don't drop your cup. 1 Corinthians 15, 17. If Christ be not raised. Remember Romans 4, 25? He was raised for our justification. 
He was raised to make you right with God. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you are yet in your sin. Is that awesome? If Christ did not rise from the dead, you are yet in your sins. Christ was raised from the dead, Romans 4, 25, to make us right with God. And yet people are telling you, you got to be baptized in water in Jesus' name, get rid of sin. And then you got to turn around and take communion. And you got to take communion because you got some sin you had yesterday or this morning. And then you got to make sure you go to confession on the Saturday. And you got to take communion on the See, all this stuff people are doing because they're not preaching Christ and him crucified. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to end right here today with Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1. That's why Paul says in verse 17. Let's go back there. Verse 15 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the love to all the saints, I see not to give thanks, I see not to pray for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of God, may give you the spirit of wisdom, and revelation and knowledge of him, not water baptism, not foot washing, him. The eye of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what's the hope of his calling. His calling. His calling. Not yours, his. What the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. What is his inheritance? What is the exceeding greatness of his power? Everything is his. To us who believe, according to the work of his mighty power, watch this, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, and might, and dominion, every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and had, past him, put all things under his feet, Gave him to be the head of all things, watch this, to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, it, didn't, it got a chapter 2, but it does not really have that in the original. Watch what it says in chapter 2. And you. See, that's why I start out with and. And you, has he quickened, raised it from the dead, who were dead in trespass and sin. And you, he brought back the life. And yet people are telling you, well, just when you get baptized in water in Jesus' name, praise God, or when you, when, or when you confess with your mouth, when you, listen. None of that happened when you did that. It happened 2,000 years ago. That's why you preach Christ and him crucified. Look at verse number four. But God, Ephesians 2, 4. But God. Not your religion, not your tradition, but God who's rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. The Bible says he loved us, past tense, L-O-V-E-D. It never tell you he loves, he said he loved us. Here it is, he loved me right here. He loved us to death and then he loved us to life. Get it? He died for us and then rose again from the dead. But God, who's rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, has quickened us together with Christ. Well, that's 2,000 years ago. By grace are you saved. Not your confession. By grace are you saved through faith and has raised us up together. Verse 6, raised us up together. When did he do that? 2,000 years ago when he raised Christ from the dead. Made us sit together in the heavenly place in Christ that in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his kindness toward us in Christ. Verse 8, by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself, don't drop the cup. It is the gift of God, not of works. That's any man should both. We are his workmanship for his new creation because we were created in Christ Jesus on the good works which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Hey, my time is already gone. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. 
If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.